Good morning, good evening, depending on what time you're listening to this. Welcome to the CMA podcast of the Daily Reading of the Bible. I'm the chaplain for the Bloomington, Illinois chapter of the uh, Christian Motorcycle Association. And today we're going to be reading a little bit of commentary on Genesis 5 through 6. Now, um, the reason why I decided to make a little bit of commentary today is because (laughs) I see a lot of people who are just who kind of blow through these two verses, at least uh, Genesis chapter 5. I mean, it is um, a lot of of people having babies and things like that. But I wanted to I wanted to signify something here is that we have at our disposal um, the antiquities of the Bible. These words were written probably you know, I would say personally, uh, over 9,000 years ago, 8,000 years ago and eight to, I'm going to say five to 8,000 years, you know, maybe, maybe nine, but regardless of how old these verses are, we have at our disposal, the descendants from one Bible story to the next. We know all of the descendants from Adam to Noah, from from the first man all the way to God destroying the earth. And so there is this little uh, introductory story here. And keep in mind, there is a reason to be uh, a little bit of humbled by the fact that these people that have no story in the Bible were still in the Bible. They got to be a part of that story. And one of the things that I noticed while I was reading this is that I don't think that it's a coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that God's sovereignty works in all aspects of life. And I don't think that it's, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that when uh, Limelech lived 182, he fathered a son and he named that son Noah because he said, out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one Noah shall bring us relief from our work, from the painful toil of our hands. Right. So God is essentially naming Noah through Elimelech. Um, he's saying that, I mean, he's, he's essentially a prophecy here that Noah is going to be a very important figure. And I'll even tell you this, um, to go on a little bit, Elimelech lived after he fathered 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Limelech were 777, 777 years that he died. So that kind of goes into this interesting piece here is that you read all of these names and there's a common theme, right? All of them are, are, are old. I mean, all these people, I mean, you're looking at Adam, he died um, 930 years and then 912 and then 905, 840, 910. I mean, these people were living almost a thousand years a piece, you know, and, and there's, there's something to be shown about that. Now here's the interesting piece here. Okay. We're going to kind of go back a little bit, keep this in mind. What's the oldest person that you know? Who's the oldest person that you know? Okay, because if you Google it, and I've Googled it, um, the oldest person on record to have ever lived. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it right now. I'm our oldest person 
uh, person to ever live, okay, is George Blanda. Okay. Oh, no, 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 it's not George Blanda. Uh, this is to ever live. It's it's a lady. Yeah, uh, Janine Louise Clement. She was the oldest person to ever live, and guess how old she was? She was 122 years old. Okay, according to Guinness World Book, the Guinness World Records book. Okay, now um, there's another person, um, Bessie Hendricks. She's 115, but uh, you get that number 122 years old. It's kind of an interesting number, isn't it? Because if you paid attention in our reading this morning in Genesis 6, um, then the Lord said, My spirit should not abide in man forever. For he is flesh. His days shall be numbered 120 years. Now, obviously, um, the scoffers and the belittlers uh, would say, oh, she's 122 years old. Um, obviously, the average, it's an average number. It's not intended to be that every single person lives to 120 uh, years old. Um, but back then, when they were rocking numbers like 900, 800 years old, 120 um, is a curse. <laughs> it's a curse and a blessing at the same time. Um, I think that uh, the Lord um, cursed us because of our sin. And then the Lord said, my spirit shall not abide. So it was actually the Lord's spirit actually abiding in them that led them to be to live that long. And I'm just <laughs> just taken by that. 120 years, and then Jolene Louise Clement is considered the oldest person to have ever lived. Uh, oldest person recorded under, uh, a, she's a French woman, Jeanine Louise Clement, who lived to be over 122 years old, according to the Guinness World Record book. And that's that's all we get. That's the record. That's as high as we can go. And that is because of the Bible that was written nine, almost 9,000 years ago. And that's because of the Bible. Like, you understand that that's, that's because of God. Like, that's, this is a truth that we find in the antiquities of the Bible that is still around today. And later, uh, you see uh, a Psalms verse. I can't remember it exactly, but uh, Psalms says something along the lines of 70 years old. Um, and that's also another estimate, right? Because that is true. I mean, we all kind of live to be around 70-ish, 70 on average, the average uh, person, average uh, death age is 77 uh, years old. And so that was that was 2020, 2020, 2020's number. So it uh, could, could be a little higher now, but 77 people are saying like, oh, you know, in the future, we're, you know, uh, the the history in the medical field has gotten so good that we're going to live and upload our brains into the, um, you know, the cloud and all that stuff. And it's it's just silly. It's just craziness. Um, that's just the pride of human nature desiring to have an eternal life. Uh, and anything that you upload into the cloud is is not going to be you anymore. You are the creation of God, not um, some sort of artificial intelligence of everything you've ever thought of and then the spitting it out. So anyway, I just thought it'd be an interesting little blurb to talk about. Um, I think that it's really interesting that we kind of have this kind of, not copy, but a, a similar Adam story with 
a similar Adam story uh, with Noah where everybody, you know, Adam was alone and he sinned. Um, but Noah was someone who walked with God. And we get these kind of similar uh, writing nomenclatures and kind of tropes that you get in Genesis, uh, Genesis 1. Uh, like, for example, let's see, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and, um, and God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, right? Like, the antithesis of that was in Genesis 1, where he looked at the earth, and God saw the earth, and he said that it was good, very good, in fact. And uh, now we go back, and now we're seeing uh, that God saw the wickedness of man. Now, God did not... Um, repent, as a lot of people say. A lot of people say that, oh, God repented and he changed his mind and he did all this stuff. No, no, that is not what this verse is saying here. Um, God's regret of making man um, was, is not <laughs> is not us. It's, God is not saying, I regret making man like he is saying that god it's it's a it's an abomination what man has become at this time you know and so at this point at this point god was like i am grieved to his heart and i will blot out man and i have created from the face of and i've had this argument with some people where they say like oh well god changed his mind it's like no god changed his heart those are two very different things God changed the heart of how he felt about the situation. God created allowances for these sins to happen, and then he just couldn't do it anymore, you know, because, I mean, man became so wicked and all that stuff. And one would say that the, the wickedness that he describes is quite tame considering today's uh, day and age. Um, but <laughs> but if you look back here at the, um, the Lord regretted that he had made them, and he grieved him to his heart heart, not to his mind. He didn't change his mind. Plan A is always plan A, and God's sovereignty is always there. And uh, God, uh, the in Ephesians, you find that the plan that God has uh, revealed was the plan all along. And so don't get, don't let this verse confuse you, or in the meaning of the verse, uh, confuse you when you look at Ephesians and the greater, the whole picture of God's plan that you find in Ephesians that we'll eventually get to. Um, you find that God did not change his mind about how he felt about man. Uh, when God when God cast Adam out of um, Eden, he, I'm sure that God <laughs> had an idea of what it was. Now, again, last, last little tidbit, it was not God who created evil also. These are also some little tropes that we find where it's like, well, if God created the serpent or the devil, then God created evil. And that is not the case. Adam was uh, designed um, and made in what we would call a, a fallible sense. But he was not fallen, right? He was perfect, but he was capable of falling. And so that's why God gives him directions at the beginning, Right, it's like okay, I you are right now. You are exactly where you're supposed to be. Here's my instruction to you: Please don't do this, otherwise you'll become fallen, not fallible. Right? Is the idea that Jesus is infallible? Jesus is a perfect human being. He cannot sin. It's impossible, etc. 
but we have Adam, who is fallible and capable of, of sinning, and that that status that you find with the fallen and the fallibility of Adam is also in the angels, right? And we'll get to that later when we get to the revelations and the, ver- and the books of all that, but... The fallibility of Satan and the angels. The angels were wiped out too. I mean, they all sinned as well. They had their own little fall in heaven, right? Heaven is not a. Um, heaven has rules, and God cannot be around sin. But God, heaven is not um, uh, like angels. If they were to desire to, they could sin. In heaven, it happened. It's it's actually it happened. That's how we got the angels out of heaven. The the one third of angels that fell, it heaven hasn't changed like since the beginning of it. No, nothing has changed in heaven, right? So heaven is this kind of seemingly neutral area, but God is the perfection that leads the angels to that. But there is no redemption for angels. They just they just die, right? And they become demons. Like the it's the only time in the Bible that you actually have a, uh, a kind change from one side to the other. So like an angel that has sinned is now a demon, not the other way around. And so one of the things that I also wanted to mention here, the last thing um, that I get kind of, uh, kind of comes to mind is this whole animal thing. Okay. Now we sit here and we think, okay, two of every single Animal, really? Like, to, so you mean to tell me that every single type of dog, every single type of cat, every single type of elephant, giraffe, spider, every single thing is going to be on that ark? I do not believe that. It's impossible. And that is not what the Bible is saying. And you have to kind of go back to, like, how we describe animals. So you have, like, the genus and the species and all of those kind of things. Let me, uh, let me see if I can... It's a hierarchy of the biological classification system, okay? And what you have, one second, let me see if I can find this, please. Biological classification. You have genus, species, and then it goes all the way to kind, right? You have, uh, one second, hold on, let me see if I can find it. Here you go. You have uh, species, genus, family, order, class, phylum, kingdom, domain, and life. And so it used to be a little different. They've changed it since. Um, But kind, the word kind, is more or less that same word of like domain, kingdom, phylum. Like it's kind of in that same order where it's like life. um, And you have the genus and the species and all that stuff. So what I'm trying to get at is that you have all the varieties of animals that we have now are from crossbreeding of this of the species and obviously their biological adaptations to different parts of the earth so you have like the husky the husky is made for cold weather and they they're just made for they've got like this blubber skin that they've developed over time and the the you could say that the kind of animal is more like the domain right so the domain is probably the most like exclusive, inclusive part. And then you have like species, which is the most inclusive part. And so it is two by two, one kind of elephant was on the ark, one kind of giraffe, one kind of lion, one kind of this or that, or that. 
And so anyway, the male and female part of that is obviously important because of the biology of how male and female are and how there is no in-between. There are literally a, all animals are binary male and female. Like that is biology, basic biology that even evolutionists believe. And so they all have their own purpose, which is to be fruitful and multiply. And that's just the reality of biology. It's just the reality of what it is. And uh, we have some crazy ideas going up, floating around these days. And my goal is not to get too political, but it's hard not to when um, the Bible in and of itself, just by itself, is a political statement. Um, it's not meant to be, um, but the Bible, just reading it, people will be offended by just the idea that there shall be male and female, by, and that's it. There's no in-between. <laughs> There's no such thing as anything else. And so it just, it just, uh, it's just people get offended, and that's just what happens. And so anyway, um, I hope this finds you well. If you have any uh, questions or ideas, comments, concerns, whatever, just put them in the uh, comment section or email me or text me or whatever you uh, will find. Uh, my name is Jordan McDuff, and uh, this is the CMA Podcast Daily Reading, and I am the chaplain for the Bloomington, Illinois chapter of the Christian Motorcycle Association, and I hope this will find you well. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.